I spend so much time obsessing over the little details <laughs> that this is like, you know, golf is that thing where everybody's tweaking. Even the best players in the world are kind of finding like, okay, you know, I'm number one. I just ended up winning a tournament like Tiger Woods. And now like, let me make the biggest change possible and change my grip, the hardest change possible and change the grip and take it to a tournament and see if I can win with it. Like, I think that to me just speaks so much and that I'm always trying to figure out, okay, well, this is working. How do I make it work better? Like, what's that next thing look like? And just trying to, you know, trying to build upon it and really trying to take it apart and say, okay, how do we, you know, how do we perfect this? And then once we perfect it, like, is there any way to make that even better? All right, welcome to The Path Distilled. I'm your host, Kevin Harris. My co-host is Lauren Tashman. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show today. And today we have Jonathan Avalos. He's a golf fitness specialist, and he's the founder of Athletic Golf Fitness. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So can you tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit um, about what you do? Yeah, so mainly uh, I'm a personal trainer, but I specialize with uh, golfers, so I help them just get better control over their body and uh, kind of help with their conditioning and, and just kind of owning their movements. Okay. And you, are you, you yourself a golfer? I try to be, I, I picked it up late. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a sport that I grew up on and, you know, so I'm still golf's never game let you master, I think anyways, but I think, you know, the more reps you have in uh, the better you can be. So I'm still, I'm getting my reps in. That's okay. what I always say to people in quotation marks. I play golf. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so how did you get involved in uh, fitness? Yeah. So I, um, I grew up in Texas and in Texas, I feel like sports are just everywhere. And so I grew up playing sports and really just, you know, everything that sports gave to me with, you know, the confidence and just being able to just to be, you know, an athlete and kind of move well um, was just something that I felt like, that I could give somebody else um, just because I had a lot of great coaches in my life and it felt like, you know, I could kind of, you know, take on that next role. And so went to college, went to Texas A&M and then uh, got my exercise science degree and then kind of moved into personal training. And then as I you know, continued with personal training, started kind of finding my niche and just slowly kind of moved into golf. What start, what sport did you start out playing? I started off playing football and then, um, and ran track. You know, I, I played, you know, I played best. I played every sport really, except for golf, <laughs> which is kind of funny that, you know, that I, I mainly work with golfers, but, um, you know, I started off with football, ran track and, and just played a lot of, un, you know, unorganized sports. But as far, as far as organized sports came, you know, it was one of those things where football and track didn't overlap, um, in high school. And so I could, I could play both of those or participate in both of those. And then, um, yeah. And so just, you know, the way I, it's kind of funny how I ended up, you know, working with golfers was that I was mainly just, I'm just so competitive that even after college, my, I moved to Charlotte and uh, my best friend lives out here and that's, that's mainly why I moved out here. But um, we were just playing at a bunch of recreational, you know, events and I felt like it was just competitive and more competitive and more competitive. And all of a sudden we're playing against guys who are like D1 athletes and we're not, you know, we're far from, far removed from college. And so all of a sudden, you know, we're getting hurt and, I'm coming home and I'm like icing up every weekend. I can barely move. And then I'm going into my week and trying to coach people and then going back into the weekend. And my wife is like, you just got to stop this. Like you're always hurt. You're pulling muscles all the time. You just find something else that you can do. And so I had a coworker who gave me some golf clubs and felt like, you know, how hard could this be? It's a ball that doesn't move, you know, and <laughs> quickly found out that's not the case. And so I've been, I've been kind of struggling with the sport ever since, but that's really, that's really what led me into just my curiosity of, okay, you know, why am I not good at this? You know, the way that I'm training, is it not, you know, is it not helping me out? Is it hurting me? And so there, there, like I started getting you know, certified and learning more and uh, quickly became certified with a uh, Titleist Performance Institute and, you know, really just kind of like their model. Their, their motto really is, uh, is that there's a thousand ways to swing a golf club, but there's one specific way for you to swing a golf club. And I felt that that really, tied into the way that I train and that there's, you know, I have so many different athletes and so many different clients with so many different needs. Um, and there's thousands of ways to train those individuals, but there's one way that's right for them. You know, there's one way based on the personality, based on the things that they're, they're good at. 
um, and just trying to find, you know, how can we connect, you know, on that level, and then how can we, you know, make sure that we involve fitness around that and, and try to get you more interested in where it becomes more of a habit for you, not something that you have to do, but something that, you know, that you do because it's who you are. And so I felt like that's a good way to, to train golfers too. And then, okay, let's figure out, you know, how can we connect? How can we connect your swing, you know, to the way that you move? And then let's figure out a way that where we can, you know, make those a little bit more efficient for you. Um, and so, yeah, that was really my kind of tie into golf and, and fitness and how it was, it was a tough transition because I didn't have a lot of background in golf, but it was an easy transition in that um, I felt like you know, one of the things that are my strengths is really trying to find that connection on, you know, on a personal level. And then everything you know, kind of happens around that. Um, but it's more of, okay, what's, what's one way we can motivate you and inspire you to really, you know, take your fitness or take your golf performance to the next level. And, you know, everything else kind of comes behind that. And so were you a fitness trainer prior to working with golfers? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. So I was a fitness trainer prior to it and, you know, kind of just worked with just your everyday business professional. And it turned out that, you know, 70% of my business professional uh, clients were, they all play golf on some level, you know, some of them are really, you know, it's like their whole life. And some of them are more of, Hey, this is where business happens. And a couple of them are just, you know, it's their way of just kind of getting out of the house or getting out of the office and just kind of going and relieving some stress. So um, they all had a background in, in golf already. Um, but now I kind of work with people that are like extremely serious about golf and they're trying to play it on a professional level or they are playing it on a professional level or, you know, it's guys who are, who are playing, you know, these amateur events that there's no, there's no money involved in it, but there's, there's super competitive events that, you know, they're club events and championship events. So, um, so I kind of work from recreational to more competitive golfers now. And was it working, was that high percentage of the golfers or the, sorry, the professionals were golfers? Is that what started getting you to think about working solely with golfers? Yeah, you know, because that, that conversation was kind of always there. You know, it was like, yeah, my shoulder hurts because I was playing golf or my back hurts because I was playing golf. So I was already kind of, you know, working in that in that role. It just wasn't my main focus. It was more of, okay, let's, you know, let's, are we trying to lose weight? Are we trying to just get you to, you know, feel better? And instead of, okay, let's figure out and really dial in what's causing you to, you know, have that low back pain and, and starting to understand more of the golf swing and understand, you know, the roles and, responsibilities that your body plays in your swing and then trying to figure out okay well if your shoulder is tight you know is it could that lead into your back and so it starts kind of you know just like anything you know the, the more experience you have with it all of a sudden you're you start to have these dots to start connecting each other and saying okay well now I understand why you know why that's happening in your swing and all of a sudden now instead of just kind of helping you with work around your pain or kind of get you out of pain now we can really start to kind of figure out how can we dial that into your performance? If you're trying to do this specific move, now I understand not so much of, you know, of getting you out of pain, but how do we get you in a position to make that move a little bit more consistent or to make it a stronger position for you? Take us back to high school for a second. What led you to want to pursue this in college? It was mainly, you know, honestly, it was just, I didn't really, I, I didn't really know what I was going to do in college. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't a bad student, but I just wasn't a good student. It was just that sports was like everything to me growing up. And so there was nothing that I was going to do to jeopardize that. Like I didn't even drink in high school at all. Like not at all. Um, because I was so focused on, okay, I want to get a scholarship. I want to, you know, pursue this and everything. And my whole focus and attention was just strictly on that. And, you know, once you get to college, you understand that there's a thousand athletes that are so much better than you. And it's like everywhere, you know, that they're pulling in from not just from your local town. Um, but I, I still wanted that to be a part of my life. And I just felt like that was just so much of who I was. And, you know, really it was just kind of that thing of, you know, I wasn't a great student, wasn't a bad student. Um, and I wasn't necessarily a great athlete. I just had really good coaches that were just so good at, you know, making time for you and really, you know, investing in you. And I felt like there was a lot of value in, and who I became and because of the value that they instilled in me and felt like, you know what, if there's anything that I can do and that, you know, that I want to do would be to, to give that to somebody else and felt like, you know, it made such a huge impact in me and gave me so much direction uh, and focus that, you know, if I could do that 
for somebody else. And yeah, I should. Is there a particular memory that stands out about an experience you had with a coach? There's so many that I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to kind of dial into just one specific. Um, I, you know, honestly, I would just say just, the, just the small interactions, not so much on the field, but in the hallways, you know, a lot of the coaches are teachers. And so just them, you know, kind of giving you this look of like, Hey, you're supposed to be a leader here. Like, are you acting like a leader in the classroom? Are you acting like a leader in the hallway? If there's somebody who's getting picked on or someone who's not being talked to, like that doesn't mean that just because you're, you know, you're a leader on the field doesn't mean that you can't be a leader you know, where you're at. And so I feel like just the little looks they would give you are just kind of them pulling you aside and saying, Hey, you know, like people are looking up to you, even if you don't know it. So make sure that you're staying focused in school, like make sure that you're not acting up and, um, so just, just the little things, you know, the things where people, where you don't feel like people are seeing you and just kind of knowing that like, Hey, this is who I am. It's not something that I'm just doing. Um, I think that was probably the biggest interaction that I had with coaches was the words that weren't said. And so were you playing sports once you got to college or were you solely a student at that point? Uh, I was going to, I was going to try to, and just kind of, I quickly, I knew my place <laughs> right when I got there. Um, and so I, I just said, you know, I'm just going to focus on school. And plus it was, I love my parents. And I just had, I had, I just had some, I am amazing parents. They were just a little strict. My mom wasn't, my dad was pretty strict. Uh, so it was, it was my like first step of like freedom really, you know? So I was like, you know what? I, I never really had that with sports or at home. And now I do. So I'm going to take advantage of it. And so I try to take advantage of the full college experience. <laughs> Um, and so you're majoring in exercise science. You've been after college, you're training others. You find the professionals or many of them are golfers. Um, so what happens between then and when you go to the Titleist Institute? Yeah. So, um, I just kind of knew, you know, my dad, my dad was in his own business, a small business. He was always kind of like saying like, not that he doubted me, but he was just, you know, I think he was always trying to get the next thing out of me. And so he was constantly saying like, Hey, like, I know you want to do fitness. There's not a lot of money in it. You know, what are you going to do once you're like, you know, once you're not, you know, in good shape anymore, what's going to happen then? What's your life going to look like now? You know, think of it from like a long term. This is something that you want to do. And I, was, I just remember telling him like, good ones still find a way to make money. Yet. Like, you know, the, the best in the world at anything can make money. Um, and so I was kind of quickly, you know, in my argument, I was just trying to find, you know, with him, like not an argument, just a conversation with him, trying to find, okay, well, I got to find a niche. I got to make myself, you know, a little bit different here. And I knew that training people is more, you know, is general, but you're competing against tons of people, which is fine. I'm, I'm good with competition, but I just kind of knew that, okay, I got to dial into something and I got to really kind of find my niche and something that really just kind of inspires me and moves me. And, um, you know, just, in conversations, like I said earlier, with just a lot of guys and, and people that I was working with, everybody was, you know, it was golf. You know, all of a sudden, next I get golf clubs. I'm terrible at it. Um, I'm kind of learning about Titleist. And I'm saying, okay, well, this is something that, like, it speaks to me on the way that I train. And, it, it, you know, I can, I can understand more about the golf swing. I can connect better with my clients uh, who play golf. Um, and then, you know, maybe, you know, before I even knew it, you know, maybe this is the thing that kind of separates me if, if I can really, you know, which I had a lot of passion in it, you know, because I was, I was so bad at it. It was just kind of this discovery process that felt like, okay, this is the thing that's going to take me to the next level. This is going to be the thing that I can really, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, focusing on and diving into and, and really trying to understand it from, you know, the most basic level to the most um, kind of extreme level. Because I got guys who are, you know, they're not good movers and they're not good golfers. And I got guys who are who come in and they, and they don't look like they're the best athletes and you get them moving around. And you're just like, gosh, I didn't realize you're this athletic. Like, where did this come from? Or I got a guy who, you know, one of the guys, uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's a, uh, a golf coach and you know, he's not, he's not a big guy. You know, he's like, you know, five, seven, 150 pounds. And he bombs it. Like, like he's like, he, like he, he could have played on the PGA on the tour. He ended up hurting his back early on. Um, but he's like incredibly fast, like swing speed. Everything's just amazing. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the mold. 
Um, and it's so hard whenever you, you get somebody who's not very athletic and not very good at golf to somebody who's like super athletic and super great at golf. And then just trying to figure out, okay, how can I help these two people out? Um, and it was just that thing where I felt like I spent so much time obsessing over the little details <laughs> that this is like, you know, golf is that thing where everybody's tweaking, even the best players in the world are kind of finding like, okay, you know, I'm number one. I just ended up winning a tournament like Tiger Woods. And now like, let me make the biggest change possible and change my grip, the hardest change possible and change the grip and take it to a tournament and see if I can win with it. Like, I think that to me just speaks so much in that I'm always trying to figure out, okay, well, this is working. How do I make it work better? Like, what's that next thing look like? And just trying to, you know, trying to build upon it and really trying to take it apart and say, okay, how do we, you know, how do we perfect this? And then once we perfect it, like, is there any way to make that even better? Um, so that was kind of, that's kind of my personality and, and the way that my mind works. And so it's like, perfect for golf so is this something that you come up with while you're not with the client and then bring it to the client or do you usually work with the client to come up with the best way to move forward uh both <laughs> both uh i mean it's always funny because like i'll be you know playing with my four-year-old and all of a sudden a thought comes up to me or the way that we're playing you know and these like he's like constantly changing the rules on me and, and we're playing a game. And all of a sudden I'm kind of thinking about like, this is a perfect analogy to use with, you know, my client, you know, the way that, you know, even like Sesame street and some of the lessons that they bring forth with that, you know, it's like mindset coaching, right. Um, on a four-year-old of, you know, getting in the chair or something. And then all of a sudden I'm kind of thinking of, okay, well, like this is a perfect illustration of how I can, you know, coach this up. You know, because a lot of times it's it's more of like, you know, when it comes to the client, it's more of just the buy-in of like, you know, I don't like to, I don't want to lift heavy because I get sore and I'm like, well, that's fine. It's just that we're just going to get better at being average. Like, we're not going to be able to be great if we don't get stronger because that's that's where we have the biggest opportunity here for you. Um, so a lot of times it's more of just trying to make sure that I can explain that and give that message to them where they can receive it and accept it. And say, okay, well, I'm willing to be sore if that means that I can't, you know, have a chance here. And I think that's the biggest thing we're trying to do is give, you know, give athletes the best chance possible, give them, you know, the ability to say yes, you know, to this new swing change or this new way of training and say, okay, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit to it. And I'm going to be fully dialed in um, and have intention behind every single movement and every single thought behind it and be willing to take this, you know, and make this a part of my game. And so I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing for me it's trying what to figure out some... always oh, just i'm sorry what was that no sorry you go ahead oh it was just i was just finishing up with just you know i i think the biggest thing for me is just trying to make sure that whenever i'm coaching it's you know it's, it's more about getting them to just kind of buy into the whole thought process of it so what are some of the things that you find easy and challenging about what you do uh what i find easy is that you know I believe that your golf swing is a direct reflection of the way that you move and that if we find any restrictions or you're stiff or tight, um, then that's going to show up in your swing. And so that's easy. It's easy to understand that um, and to make those adjustments, uh, even on the fly. Like if somebody comes in and they just kind of, they slept wrong, you know, we can kind of figure out, okay, well, what, you know, this is how you normally move. This is what's going on. And it's, and then let's, um, let's make sure that doesn't show up in your swing. Um, I would say the hard part is just that, I didn't grow up playing golf. And so, you know, with that whole communication, it's almost a communication barrier and that, you know, they're like, and it's probably more on my, in my mind than it is in theirs of just saying, okay, well, like, am I a fraud? You know, like I know how to move well and I understand the body and I understand the swing so much. And I understand how you're supposed to do it and how this can affect your swing and how we can take your performance to the next level. But I haven't done it in my own self. And so sometimes I think as a coach, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, um, like for the most part, I'm fit and I move well. And so it's easy for me to demonstrate a movement and for them to see it and then for them to kind of pick it up. Um, but then it's hard to have that conversation of, okay, well, you know, this is what you really need to do to take your performance to the next level. And yet I haven't done it in my own game. And so, you know, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's trying to, ignore the voices that are going in my own mind and kind of and, and always try to focus because I think that's the real goal is to focus on coaching that individual up and instead of making me a part of you know of what I'm trying to teach them and just kind of making it all about them so I think the hard part is 
is getting them to buy in when sometimes I don't believe it, 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 it helps me out very much in my own game. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious based on that part um, or basically all of what you said, um, were you already, did you already have a successful following when you founded Athletic Golf Fitness or did that happen after you had founded it? I would say um, I, I did locally, but, but not, on, not on like a social media platform at all. You know, it was more of a, my wife was like, you know, you should really use social media to promote yourself. And I was like, why? My, my schedule's so busy. And she was like, well, you know, like if you believe so much in helping people, this is an easy way for you to help more people and, you know, get your name out there. And maybe this could help you get, you know, somebody, you know, who's on the pro level or, you know, somebody who's like, you know, right there or who just doesn't know about you yet and, and they need your particular type of coaching. And so I would say, you know, Locally, I felt like I was making a lot of progress with my clients. I felt like I was making a big impact. Um, and then socially, it's kind of funny because I'll get, socially, it's more with like other coaches, which is kind of funny, um, where I'll get somebody who ends up sending me a message and saying like, hey, I've been following your content and I love it. And I started my own, you know, golf performance center and they're a physical therapist or, you know, they're another coach. And, and so I would say that, I mean, that's been really, I mean, it's made a lot of meaning like impact with me and just kind of knowing that like you know it takes me a couple minutes to record a video and upload it and write some kind of caption with it um but it makes a big difference and that's really you know where coaching matters so much in my life is that that's what i'm trying to do for my athletes but that's what i'm trying to do for everybody is just say hey can i be you know like can i be a leader you know when nobody's watching and can i be a leader and just kind of make time and put content out there and if it helps inspire another coach or if it gives somebody who you know is in another country I mean, I have some clients who are online who are just from other countries that kind of reached out to me and DM me and said, hey, I love your stuff. Is there any way that we can, you know, you can coach me online? And so um, I would say that, you know, locally I felt like I was successful, but now I feel like I'm making a, a larger impact and a greater reach with, uh, with social media. And that's where kind of athletic golf fitness kind of started more. I was just going to ask that, you know, what, tell us a little bit about what led to you starting your own business and what that was like. Yeah, and so I was an independent contractor, and um, and so you know there's a guy who owned our facility and owned all the equipment, and basically we just kind of had this split, and and it, it was great, but I just felt like okay, kind of like that conversation with my dad of like okay, I gotta have a niche, and then outside of this, like it's it's his facility, but I need to have like my own branding towards it, especially like now I think with all coaches, you should have your own branding, especially like when we have an epidemic like we have currently, and that you have to have some kind of control over the business that you're in, even if you are running space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so luckily I kind of got ahead of that and just said, you know what, I'm going to, this is going to be my name. This is going to be my focus. And this is going to be something that I'm going to try to do um, to really kind of grow in the future and have this as my career. Um, because if, you know, if something happens to this facility or, you know, a year ago I moved out of the facility and moved into a, a, a larger facility where there's, we have, five physical therapists, massage therapists. So it's, it's more of kind of a big team approach, um, which is what I, I love. And so, you know, I was able to kind of remove myself from that one facility and kind of take myself and my client and, and you know, clients with me, my business with me as I go. And, and now I'm taking it online. And so I feel like, you know, it's kind of this evolution. If this is your career, I feel like there's a big part of branding and kind of making your name known, you know, separate from the facility that you work at. And how is your view of training changed over the years if at all i would say um my view has probably just been that i think just with wisdom kind of understanding you know a lot of it was just more experience of kind of seeing things and now it's more of just not making assumptions about things that i see and saying okay well why is this happening you know instead of me just saying well, this is the reason why it's happening me just trying to understand and have those conversations and kind of bring it out because sometimes it's more of a you know, it, it could just be that the client doesn't understand the movement itself, or maybe it's just that there's something going on personally that I'm just not aware of. And so it's trying to look at it just from a, diff, a, a lot of different angles versus me just assuming, okay, this is why this is going on. Like, you're not lifting this well because this is what's going on. And maybe it's, they didn't sleep well because they're having an argument with their wife, or maybe it's because of, you know, 
of other factors that just aren't you know present to me so it's kind of more trying to train that invisible thing that i'm not seeing and just trying to make that aware of in my mind of just saying okay well you know for whatever reason i'm not making i'm not getting through to them right now currently um so how can i you know you know is there a conversation that i need to have um is it do i need to make a little bit more time for them after the session um, do I get, need to know more a little bit about, you know, what's going on, you know, in their head than I do with just kind of with their movements itself. So I think just kind of understanding it on a larger scale than just like, okay, this is, you know, it's, it's as easy as this because it, I think it's not, I think coaching, you know, goes well beyond just kind of me looking at you do something or me, you telling me what to do and then me doing it. I think there's so much of mindset and I think there's so much of just, um, just understanding what's kind of going on and other factors that are going on and playing a role in that your performance. So what does your process look like for working with clients? So, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, so normally I'll get somebody in, we'll go through an assessment. And so TPI, we believe that, you know, if you're, if you're not assessing, then you're guessing. And so we're kind of looking at your movement, really trying to figure out, okay, what's causing it. Do we have a, we have a game, you know, we have a game plan and we have a blueprint for your movement. Um, and then from there, trying to figure out where you're at and then kind of working backwards. But I, I really just kind of, you know, in between sets and even afterwards, just try to find out how can I connect with that person? How can we, you know, how can I get to understand them a little bit more? I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I just try to connect as much as I can with, with just the individual itself, just because I feel like, you know, anybody can coach, anybody can tell anybody what to do. But I think, for me in the, in the relationships I've had and just having some really great coaches around me, it's that extra time. It's that extra value investment that they, you know, they make towards you that makes the biggest impact. And so I always try to approach everybody that, way. you know, coaching, you know, there's, there's a process, but I, I think for me, it's more of just trying to understand, you know, who, who you are, like, who are you and, you know, what makes you tick and how can we get the most out of you? Um, and so that's really more my process than anything else. And has your success over the years kind of reduced that feeling that you had in the beginning that you shouldn't be doing it because you weren't really great at golf itself? A little bit. Um, Cause I can be, I can be so much of like a, a head case myself, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, it's always those little things like, and it's so funny because I'll have some guys who are just like these phenomenal golfers, but usually the biggest wins are like the guys who are like, Hey, I played and like my back didn't hurt or it's, you know, the whole like, Hey, you know, I'm getting older and my son finally enjoys golf, but now my body is breaking down and I can't have that time with them and it's just ruining me. And so and those are the things that I really, that make the biggest difference to me. Like, I got always like, I got a couple guys who are just like unbelievable. And I think they're going to make me famous at some point, but um, you know, just hearing those stories of like, of like, Hey, this is, this is who I thought I was in my head. I thought I was a good athlete. And I used to be a good athlete. And over the time, like I've given so much to business and to my family and now I have time to invest in myself and, you know, and I'm kind of losing my identity in that process because I'm no longer good. Work's kind of taking a toll. My body's getting older. I'm losing you know, range of motion. And I just, you know, I have time, but I just can't make the most of it. And so I think right now we all have time, right? But not being able to take advantage of that. But, and so whenever I hear stories of guys just being like, hey, I feel like I'm younger again. Like, I feel like I used to feel beforehand. Um, I can play with my kids. I can play golf. I can go play with my buddies for more than just one day. You know, I'm not having to say no to the things that I like to do. And I can say yes to that. That's what really kind of drives me and motivates me. So whenever I am having those thoughts or those kind of like, man, should I be doing this right now? Should I just kind of, I can always, you know, go back and kind of slowly drift back into this kind of training general pop, you know, during population, but just something that I really want to focus on. And then you get those, you get those text messages of like, you know, pain-free today, big win, you know, um, or it's like, you know, you got a guy who's like, it's a couple of guys who have their own businesses and they're super successful and they're like, 
you. I ended up taking $20 from my friend today. You know, I'm like, wait, no, that doesn't mean anything to you, you know? But it's just like, it's just this huge, they're so pumped about it, right? It's like this, like, yeah, I'm on top of the world. Um, and that's, I think that's such a great feeling to have, you know, those, those moments of just kind of being competitive and kind of enjoying life again. I think, you know, fitness can give us so much, you know, it can give us so much confidence in who we are. It can make it, give us that identity, but it can also kind of give us back what we used to have, you know, whenever we were younger, or just kind of that, that sense of just competition again. Um, I think a lot of people that are super successful, sometimes their success kind of makes them stagnant in just kind of their life. So when you can give them something like, hey, I took 20 bucks, like, that's like five minutes of your time, you know, hourly, you know, but to them, it's like their world, you know, it's like I'm making progress again, I got something back. So I think anytime you can give back like that, whether it's like on a big scale or a small scale, you know, I think you, as a coach, as a person, I think you have to, you got to find those moments and just kind of invest in and get over whatever thoughts you have in your head and just kind of say, let me see what I can do for other people and be a team player. As a different type of coach uh, and someone who also teaches and supervises grad students who are looking to, to go into coaching, one of the things I talk a lot about with them is thinking about that idea of, of coach client fit and and what that might look like so what are your thoughts on that for you what have you noticed about the clients that you seem to really gel with versus those that maybe aren't a good fit for you that's a great question um i would say that i mean it's funny because i've had some clients who aren't aren't a great fit and they take so much of my energy and motivation and positivity Mm -hmm. but um you know at the same time i'm kind of telling my wife like you know like like I've thought so much about like canceling this person and taking them out of my schedule. And, and she's like, well, why haven't you then? And I'm like, you know what? Because I've been training them for four years and they're just not happy. But I think I'm like, you know, we'll kind of, I'll get a couple of laughs and a couple of smiles at them. We'll get some, you know, a couple of conversations like once a month, you know, get a good month out of them. And then it's kind of like just pulling teeth for three months. Um, but you know, I was kind of telling her, you know, I'm like, I don't know if anybody ever makes time for them. Like, I'm not sure. Like if, you know I mean? So like, it's not a good fit for me personally, but it's not about me. And you know what? Like if, if that means that like, I, I have to just like suck up my pride and ego and kind of get over myself. And it's a long hour sometimes where there's not a lot being said and there's just a lot of small talk but they look forward to it and they're there on time. They show up and, you know, even though like you don't feel like it's, they're always giving you your best, like, like it's, they're there and it's an opportunity for you to kind of make an impact whether you know it or not. And I think sometimes, you know, those sessions, it's like, my dad used to always say like that it just builds character, you know, like stuff you don't like to do is just building character. And I think it just kind of builds character in me, but I think it just, you know, I, I don't really, going back to it, like those are the things that I just don't see, you know, I don't see what's going on. I don't see like on how unhappy they are. Like, I don't see like if it was really tough for them to like get up and come in to want to work out. Like, I don't know if people are making time for them. And so there's so much that just goes on into that stuff that, that I'm just unaware of. And so, you know, a lot of times when I'm like, it's not a good fit. They're not a good client. Like it's, they affect my day and I'm having to like pump myself up for the next person and pump myself up for the next person, pump myself up for the next person afterwards. And then three hours later, I'm kind of, you know, out of it. And I got that one client who, I mean, I have, I have a lot of clients like this who come in and, and I'm like, after a session's done, I'm like, I didn't realize like the time flew by. And there's some clients that I'm like, I feel like I should pay you because you give me so much wisdom or so much like, you know, so much fun to be around. And it was a blast. I didn't feel like, like, why should I even get paid for this today? Uh, where other people, I'm like, I got to charge you twice. As much. <laughs> but, you know, it, it all comes down to it. It's just like, you know, those are the times whenever I, you know, I come home and I can enjoy my like time with my family and I can go to bed with my, you know, put my head on my pillow kind of knowing that like, hey, you know what? when you signed up for this, you didn't sign up for like every day to be great, every client to be great, every like you know, interaction to be, you know, top notch. There's sometimes we've got to get a little scrappy and there's sometimes the, like things aren't going to go your way. And there's sometimes we're like, you got to, you got to make the most out of every session. You got to make time for people, even if like, even if it's tough, like even if it's like, 
if you don't feel like it's a good fit because you know I just have this feeling that like if they're willing to come in then you know, I, I, I can make a difference like and whether that's like me being like you know like listening to them complain for the whole hour I remember I had a client who or like her company was being bought out. She was with that company. It was her only job out of college and she was with them for like 30 years and they're being bought by this UK company. And she was having to train people to basically take over her job because she wasn't going to be located here. Their, their headquarters weren't, weren't going to be located here anymore. And every day she came in and she was just complaining and complaining and complaining. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm over this right now. You know, I get problems too. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> and it was like an hour, an hour. And then she was like, Hey, is there any way we can get an extra session tomorrow? And I'm like, no. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I have time. I have time. And then, you know, like three months later, she was like, hey, I just want to thank you. Like, you know, like my husband has literally said, like, you should go and work out more because when you come home, you just don't come home with those problems. I'm like, she's giving them to me. That's why. <laughs> you know? But, you know, at the same time, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, that marriage, you know, whether I knew it or not at the moment, was just a little bit better just because somebody was dumping their problems on me, even though it wasn't fun, but you know, it took off you know, a load from somebody else who maybe really needed that. Um, and so there's so much that just goes on, you know, behind the scenes and just things you just don't even, you don't know until after the fact. Um, I just heard this, you know, it's good sermon a second ago where this guy was saying, you know, we're, we're a bridge, you know, and that but a lot of times you, you're a bridge and you get walked on and then you don't feel like, you really don't understand how much you're appreciated until after they look back on what they just walked on. Mm. And so I think as coaches and it's, you know, especially for you guys, it's just like you give and you give and you give and you give and you're just kind of like, I want to be used. And then sometimes you're like, I feel so used right now. Like I feel so, you know, empty and I got to go and give something else to somebody else. And those are just the moments where you're just kind of like, you know what, like, if I can just be that bridge still that I signed up to be and that coach who I wanted to be whenever I you know, first entered into it, um, then it doesn't mean that 20 years or 15 years or 10 years of experience should take that away. I should have that enthusiasm and that excitement and that willingness to continue to do that, you know, regardless of, you know, of all the great clients I have doesn't mean that I can get rid of, you know, the clients that I feel like aren't valuable to me or aren't bringing value to me. I think you have to bring value to people. And then that, that brings value to who you are. It's certainly a great way of looking at it. You just mentioned uh, coaching a female athlete. And, you know, obviously the conversation around female sports is big and in particular in golf. So what is it like coaching men versus women? It's, it's I mean, it's funny because it's always different, um, different needs. Like guys are just like so stiff and rigid and like upper body dominant, you know, <laughs> and there's a lot of ego involved in that. Um, and girls are just like female golfers are just like they're so like mobile and they need to have like more stability and so there's completely different needs and it, but it's funny because sometimes the golf the guys their egos are so big sometimes which is kind of fun. not all of them but a couple of them where you almost have to like you know think the conversation through in your head to deliver it appropriately where I feel like girls are you can be a little bit more direct and they're, and they're kind of like okay I get it where guys are like hey I let me figure out how I can uh, not offend your ego <laughs> and get that message through to you. Or girls are kind of like, they don't need a, the story behind it. They're just kind of like, okay, well, you know, this is why this might be showing up. And they're like, okay, where guys are like, no, that's not it. Because I feel like I can do that with this motion. And I'm like, ah, not so much, you know? Like I remember <laughs> I, I, was, I was getting a golf lesson and my coach like records everything. And uh, he's like, you're moving your head a little bit in your backswing. I'm like, am I? Because I don't feel like I am. He's like, yeah, it's a little excessive. I'm like, seriously, I don't feel like I'm moving it. And then he like plays the video and like my head's like, you know, all the way over <laughs> to the right hand side. And I don't really know, but I'm so like, I'm just so really like willing to like defend my position in that. There, I feel like women are just not like that so much. They're just kind of like, you know, like I can take it. I can take it. I can take it. You know, just, you know, as long as you... I'm not aggressive and I'm just like, you know, direct and honest. I feel like women are better at taking, um, taking that feedback in where guys, you have to just soften it up or kind of come up with, you know, I'm like telling these stories. Oh, that's where I like, going back to our conversation. Like 
watching Sesame Street is like a perfect for like communication barriers <laughs> of like, you know, how do I, how do I make this, how do I get them to understand this, right? So it was like, uh, I think the best coaches can like, you know, teach it like, you know, if you can explain it like uh, you're teaching a kid, then you can explain it well. I think that's a lot for like, you know, the ego and coaching men versus women. I feel like women are just like, just, just tell me what I, what am I, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to fix? Or guys are like, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. Let's, you know, so I'm like having like recorded or we're having to like go back to like, yeah, well, let's, let's test that movement. And then let's see where you really are at. You have to, they're like, kind of like, you got to prove it to them. Um, sounds like, yeah. sounds like court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. They make a strong case for their, you know, their position for sure. So what do you view as the keys to your success? Um, I would say just, you know, honestly, like just making time for people. I would say that's probably that's probably the biggest thing is just kind of, you know, I always try to have these kind of moments where before I even go into my day and really even to just training session of kind of having these conversations of, okay, these are the people that I have. Like, how do I connect with them? Like, wh what do I feel like is going to be our conversation for today? What do I feel like? And I'm almost kind of having like, a, like it's almost kind of like how I used to play sports. I've kind of envisioned like, okay, like I know – like every football game there's always like that first like that first drive is always like scripted out it's like okay this is what we're going to do and then after that the game kind of goes on there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made but I'm always kind of trying to script out okay like what's our conversation like from our last you know from our last training session to this training session what's that conversation going to be what are we kind of working on what do I need to kind of focus on or, or keep in the back of my head um I know that they're kind of you know one person, you know, is going through a lot at work or this person is, you know, has a lot of success recently with the performance. And so just kind of knowing that those conversations are going to be completely different, those interactions, the way that, you know, my energy is going to be different. Um, so almost kind of scripting out my day of understanding who am I working with? What's the script? Do I need to spend a little bit longer time with somebody? Do I need to be a little bit more patient with somebody? Um, and so just kind of working, working all that stuff out ahead of time, you know, and I don't, I don't spend a ton of time on it. Normally just when I'm in the shower or whenever I, I try to catch my workouts early in the morning and then I'm trying to, you know, frame my mind around, you know, who I'm going to be around and, you know, who I need to be to be the best coach around them too. And so I'm just kind of trying to take that into effect and then saying, okay, well, I know they're going through a lot. Let me just kind of, you know, let me not, we banter a lot. So maybe if I'm bantering, you know, give them control in that banter and kind of let them get the best of me uh and so and it's, it's it's so funny it's like the smallest things like that I think can just change that energy around you know you know kind of speaking into people and I know they're kind of going through a lot and just trying to speak into like okay this is who you are like I know you're going through a lot but like hey like you gained some weight but like you've also like you started a great business from nothing like you have a great family like you are such a big person like in your community and so those are the big ones and like you know if you gain two pounds, that's two pounds. Like you almost went bankrupt. And now you're like, you help other businesses out. Like, you know, let's find out like what's really important to you. Like you can get over this. And so just kind of knowing that like, you know, who I'm speaking to kind of going into it with the conversations of like in you know, my head of, you know, what needs to be said, what's my energy level need to be. And you know, who do I need to show up for that person? So there's lots of times where I'm, you know, kind of passive and there's sometimes where I'm aggressive and there's sometimes where I feel like I need to take a stance or kind of be, you know, um a little more assertive in our conversation so just trying to understand that beforehand before i go into that session what have you learned about yourself throughout your journey i don't know enough <laughs> you know i'm always <laughs> learning um it's always like you know there's moments where i'm like gosh i feel like i got it all figured out and then and then something happens and it's like i don't know enough you know and so just kind of keeping that mindset of this you know just kind of knowing that I don't know it all, but I got to continue to learn. Um, just kind of be open-minded and just kind of know that like, you know, this is what I think I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to be completely firm on it. And I'm going to take, you know, some time to reflect on it and kind of see, okay, is there any, you know, what can I take from that? What are some of the things that you do to continue to learn? I mean, I do a lot of continuing ed. Um, yeah, I'm always trying to like, you know, learn from some of the greatest, you know, some big coaches. We have, uh, I joined this uh, monthly mastermind group where we all kind of get, you know, 
get on a call every month and kind of say like, okay, what are you guys working on? You know, what's working for you guys? Um, what are we seeing in the industry? You know, is, you know, this has been a big, you know, this has been trending a lot right now. Do we, you know, do we agree with that? Do we not agree with that? And so just kind of getting other coaches' mindsets, getting their like, you know, position on certain, you know, topics. Um, and then, you know, reading and just, I man, I learned a lot from like social media too. I kind of look at a movement and say, huh, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, and so I'll ask questions or just kind of, you know, kind of look into it a little bit more. Um, especially like when it comes to just, you know, my clients are like, hey, my arm's kind of breaking down. And, you know, when I get to the top, what do you think is causing that? And a lot of times it's kind of like, well, I don't see any restrictions. Like, I don't know if it's like a motor control issue. Is it, a, you know, is this something that like, it's a habit for you? Is it, you know, is it working for you? Like, do we need to change it? Um, and so I think just kind of asking questions and just kind of keeping an open mind, just kind of saying, okay, this is how it is right now. But let me kind of figure out, you know, should we, do we need to spend time on this or not? So just ask, just, I would say mainly just kind of asking questions is probably, probably the biggest thing for me. And so who are one or more of the coaches that you look up to? Uh, Mike Boyle is like the man, you know, he's like, uh, he's like the Jerry Seinfeld of coaching. <laughs> I just feel because he gives these like, you know, really funny analogies that are just kind of like quick and to the point. And, um, and it's common sense. So it almost kind of makes you laugh at the way that you're thinking. Um, but he's just so smart and he, and he asks such good questions all the time. And so I think that's where, you know, me asking questions all the time in my head or, you know, with things that I'm seeing, um, I would say it's probably made the biggest impact. I think he's, I think any big strength and conditioning coach, if you pulled, you know, a hundred of them, I think 90% of people, he'd be the first person that they would say, honestly, he's probably made probably the biggest impact in, in fitness in the last 20 years, I would say. And what advice would you give an aspiring, either a golfer and then after that, uh, a golf trainer? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so the biggest, you know, I would say it's not so much in, you know, I always thought of like, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Um, and, and I have these big expectations of myself. And I would say the thing that kind of cleared all that up and uh, made me a better coach was instead of saying, okay, what do I need to do? Instead of the what, you know, it's more of like, who do I need to be? Um, and I think that's probably the, and even for athletes too, it's kind of like, okay, they're like, hey, I need to do this. What do I need to do? I'm like, like, what are your habits? Like, who do you need to be? Like, do you need to be somebody who, like, goes to sleep on time, who, you know, is eating better? Because those are the things that make the biggest difference. You know, it's like somebody is like, do I think, do you think I need to go on keto or paleo? And I'm like, maybe you just need to stop drinking so much all the time. You know, like, <laughs> maybe you just need to, like, learn how to control your stress, you know, and, and that could be, like, your easiest win. And so it's more of, like, the who and the habits that you have versus, like, the what and you know, how you're going about doing it. And so I would say even for coaching and I would say for most things, it's more trying to figure out who versus the what. Um, I feel like this might be a good segue into the uh, picture that you sent us. Um, we asked you to send us something that represents or epitomizes you or your path. So tell us a little bit about why you chose this image. Yeah. And so um, faith is probably one of the biggest things that's allowed me to be in the position that I'm in today. I would say that, especially with, so this is a picture of, of Elevation Church, and this is the church that my family and I go to. And, and and it's just made just a huge impact just in our lives and our family and just the way that we communicate and and just kind of all the things that, that we've gone through personally and just kind of allowed us just to persevere and kind of look through, you know, look through life through, you know, it's not about us, it's about helping people. It's about helping people, you know, understand something on a, on a bigger scale than, than, than themselves and uh and just kind of knowing that you know there's more to world to the world than just you know making money or or having you know status and that you know i think if you focus on people and help them get what they want i think you always end up getting what you want but i think you end up just making such a bigger impact in just people's lives and and getting them through some hard hard things also so for us um you know, we had, and I don't really talk about it too much, just, I don't, and I'm, I'm not really sure that too much why I don't talk about it, but 
we have a four-year-old and he was born with this syndrome called, it's, it's called TAR syndrome. And it, and it basically what it is was he, when he was born, he was missing his radius in both arms. So imagine like your radius is the arm, like the muscle of the bone that uh, connects to your thumb. And so he's missing that and his arm's much shorter. And also he has low platelets. So it's, it's a hard chance of clotting blood. And so, you know, for us, I just remember whenever we went to that, you know, we go to this doctor's appointment and they can't, you know, they're like, you know, they bring one person in, they bring the next person in and they're like, and then they bring somebody else in and we're like, all right, this isn't going well. Like what's going on? And they're like, Hey, we're going to have you guys do like a spe- like this other doctor who's going to go through this other ultrasound for you guys, just because we're not seeing something here. Um, don't worry about it. It's not going to be anything big. And so we're like, okay, my wife, you know, afterwards, she's kind of crying because, you know, the first pregnancy and, and, and no mother wants to, no parents want to hear that really. And so I'm like, it's going to be fine. We're going to get through this. No big deal. It's just, I can't see something. We're going to go in a better technology. And so we end up going to this, you know, this specialty clinic and, you know, the doctor comes in and we're like, Hey, we're happy to meet you. And he's like, nobody's ever happy to meet me. And he gives us this news and it's just kind of like, you know, just it changed our lives in a second. And I just remember, you know, he was basically saying like, hey, you know, it's early in the pregnancy and we're not suggesting this or anything. We just give this option to everybody. Do you want to continue with the pregnancy or not? And within like a second, we're like, absolutely, we're going to continue with it. Like, why wouldn't we continue with it? And so he was like, okay, we just got to give it that option. Like, he's almost like, don't be mad at me. It's just like, we, it's just, it's, it's our script. It's what we tell everybody. Um, and so, you know, we get out and we took separate cars. And so my wife, I'm like, are you okay to drive? And she's like, I'm fine. I'm going to go to my parents' house. Um, and they're just going to go pray. And I'm going to go pick up our older son was at daycare and I had to go pick him up and he's going into first grade. And so second grade, I can't remember what grade it is. But it's, it's like they're meet the, meet the parent or meet the teacher day, you know, it's right before school starts. And I just remember this, you know, the sermon that I just listened to beforehand and it was called like, whether you like it or not. And, and basically they're kind of saying like, you know, as we walk through, and he, and he kind of pauses and he ends up kind of instructing people of like, you know, don't, don't you just love how God says, like, as we walk, he doesn't tell us to like pause, doesn't tell us to like stand still, doesn't tell us to like stop. You know, he just tells us to continue to walk. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be something that we're going to walk through. We're not going to feel sorry for ourselves and take a break from life. This is going to be something that like makes us closer as a family. This is going to be something that where we get to see God more, you know, because we're going to need to pray more. We're going to need to kind of rely on each other more. We had such a good church that kind of came together and surrounded us. Um, and just gave us so much support to really kind of strengthen our faith. Um, and they would just welcome, you know, our sons in. And, and it's one of those places where, like, like they're, they're excited to go. They're like, can we go to Elevation? I'm like, it's Tuesday. Like, you, you were just there Sunday. Like, it's two days later. Like, we got to wait a week. And they're like, fine. You know, I'm like, four-year-old's, like, closing the door on me like he's a college kid, you know. Um, but it's, it's just such a big part of us, you know, and just kind of who we are. And, and I think, you know, um, faith has just gotten us through so many things and even you know when the coronavirus came out we're kind of like okay like this isn't what we want to happen you know but we're going to look back on this just like anything else we've looked back on our lives and say like okay and that's kind of what we did we kind of like framed it. i remember like writing in my journal i'm like okay there's gonna be a moment where i look back on this and say like hey you know i was kind of like writing this like story out to like my wife and then my journal saying like and there's going to be a moment where I look over to her at some point in my life. I'm not sure when. And I'm going to say, like, hey, you remember when the world stopped for like a couple months? Like, wouldn't we want to get one of those days back? And so that's kind of been one of those things whenever I'm feeling down and when I'm like, man, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm just saying, like, hey, at some point in the future, I'm going to pray for another day just like this. So let me make the most of this moment that I have right now. Um, and that's kind of what we've done with everything of like, no matter what comes at us, we're just kind of like, you know what, we're going to go through this with like a strong belief that not only are we going to get through this, but that we're going to look back on this moment and say like, gosh, you know, we thought that was going to be something that was going to stop us or hold us back. And, you know, that's what's really kind of propelled me through everything in my life of just kind of knowing that, you know, we can get through anything and we have such a strong community and support system. Um, in our church, but just in our family itself, and just kind of seeing how just how much stronger just our family is. I remember our older son when we we're praying. I'm like, all right, we got to speak into like our situation. And our son had he had you know he's had like six surgeries in like four years, like big yeah. surgeries. Um, 
And whenever he was first born, like that first year, he was going to the hospital. Like it was like every week to get like blood transfusions. They're checking his blood you know, levels. And he is like the happiest kid you could ever imagine. Like, like he falls down. We hear this big like clunk. And he gets up. And he's like, I'm okay. And he has like this huge like nod on his forehead. And he's just like smiling and happy all the time. And so before that, you know, he's like a year old. And our son was like, you know, we're like, all right, we're going to pray. And he's like, you know, God, thank you for, you know, giving us a Levi who can show us how to be happy when we're not healthy. And so I think that's just how we look at everything is always kind of like, okay, this is something that's coming against us. But like, what do we have to like fight it? And we have a strong family. We have a strong you know, church. We have a strong community and we have a strong God that we believe in. And, you know, there's nothing that's going to hold us back. There's nothing that's going to stop us. So, and, and I think that's, that's really what drives me in coaching is kind of knowing that like, whether the person believes it or not, or not, I can still, you know, act it out to where like, like I remember like some of my clients, like I didn't tell them about it, but they were like, I didn't know that happened to you. When did that happen? And I'm like, well, he's four now. So like it happened when he was, when he was born, like he was born with this. And they're like, I didn't never, like you never showed it. Like you never like came into work with like, like this, like, and, I, and I'm like, that is kind of, to me, I mean, it was almost not like that I was bragging to myself, but I was talking, telling this to my wife of like, just kind of like how that's our faith like that should be how it is it shouldn't be like well today i'm like a bad person next you know next day i'm gonna be like happy because like things are going well in my life like this is who i am you know this isn't just like what i do it's not like i come to work and i just want to be like this happy person like i'm happy inside and you know i think you know being a coach regardless being a person regardless of what happens to you and just kind of knowing that like I can make the most of this I can you know I can still inspire people and help people to like become more of who they want to be then you know that's who I should be and I think the faith that we have in our family the faith that we get from our church just just grows that so much in us um so yeah that's been you know that's been my story that's kind of who I am that's a powerful story thank you for sharing and, oh, thanks, and yeah. your son's quote, uh, how to be happy when we're not healthy. I thought that was powerful as well. Um, oh yeah. Thanks. So um, it's not a, I don't know if any think and follow. Uh, I know. I was like, this is going to be an awkward segue into this question. <laughs> we always ask everyone. <laughs> um, but, and it, we might be able to guess your approach on this, but um, so we met, Lauren and I met in graduate school and part of what we've studied is expert performance and expertise um, almost two decades studying that and the age-old question in that is uh, the nature versus nurture question and so the extreme nature view would be you're born with everything you need there's no need for any outside influence or uh, environment the extreme uh, nurture view is that you're born with nothing to work with basically and everything's reliant on what you experience or the environment. And then of course there's everything in the middle. Um, how do you feel about that in your observation of yourself and other athletes? I mean, it's so funny because I think, I think you're born with everything that you have. I, I just don't know if you're always aware of it all the time. And so that's where I think the environment and just kind of having a good support system around you and bring that out and so yeah I would say it's still 50-50 even though I, I truly believe that you're born with everything you have and everything that happens to you you know you can make something with that you know you always hear these stories of just kind of how somebody had nothing and they turned it into like you know something that you really want even though you wouldn't want to go through their, their life or that experience and so I, I think you know, I still think it's 50-50 just because um you know, just like I said, like we were, we were you know, like my wife, whenever we first heard about this news, you know, I came home and I'm like, I, you know, I didn't know how to be like, as a husband, like I'm trying to like encourage her, but like, I'm not encouraging myself. And, and I'm kind of thinking like, how's our life going to look? And luckily she found this group. My wife's like in, the most independent person anyway. So she was like, I'm not looking towards you, you know? Um, but she found this like group called the Lucky Finn Project, which is kind of funny. It's like after Nemo, you know, cause he has, you know, a broken fin. Um, and so she's like on there all the time, like constantly like asking questions and learning and hearing about other people's stories. And then like at, at like nowhere, she's like even going through like her like, you know, of us, her pregnancy still, she's like 
still being like that encouraging person, you know? And I think that's a perfect example of like how, you know, we have everything we need, something happens to us and all of a sudden, you know, you, you get, you find a new environment, you find some more, you know, like a new community. And I mean, on there all the time, like she's like the first person to respond still to this day of like, Hey, we just found out we're going to this. Can anybody give us like any news about theirs? And she's like, I mean, I swear it's like, she has like, it's like a, like a folder in her phone of just like images and like quotes and everything she uses. She just like uploads onto like a post quickly to like encourage another mom. There's a, a cool story where, you know, we had um, this family in Texas, which I'm from, you know, so they they live out in Dallas. They fly up uh, for this retreat and their son's here. So he's like in this camp for this retreat. So they end up flying up to, I believe it's in Asheville and they drove down to Charlotte so we can end up hanging out with them and their son, you know, was born with, their youngest son was born with the same condition Levi was born with um, on, a, on a much more extreme level though. And so he's about to go into everything. And and I just kind of remember like saying like, gosh, like this is like, like, you know, they're basically like, Hey, we're, we're praying for everything that like, like everything that you've been able to experience with Levi, like all the successful surgeries, like where you guys are at right now. And I'm just kind of like, gosh, man, like somebody's always praying for your problem. Like someone is always praying for your problem. The cool thing about that is that we're just able to kind of experience that each other. So we both had like strong faith. You know, but I think all of a sudden we have that environment where we can kind of come together and kind of bring the most out of each other. And, you know, even though we are past that hurdle, it, it still brought so much value to us and said, like, okay, now we got to like encourage other people. Like we, we were experienced, we were in it, people, you know, encouraged us, we got through it. And then now like people who are going through it are encouraging us so that now like we got to like, it's always like this kind of shifting and moving. Um, and so I think, you know, I think, I think you're born with everything that you have and everything that you need. I think the environment brings out and makes that aware of, of you to make, you know, to make that possible in your life though. I think a lot of people have a lot of the things that they need. They don't ever use it though. And so um, it's a hard answer. Cause you know, I'm, I'm like back and forth on it, but I, I truly believe I would, if I had to, if I had to say anything, I would say 50, 50 cause you know, there's times where like my life is going great and I'm like, you know, like not to like my full like happiness until like something like bad happens. I'm like, why is it always ha like it takes something bad to happen in order for me to like, like rise up <laughs> and encourage myself. Um, and so, you know, I have everything. It's just that, you know, I need the environment to kind of shake that up a little bit in me. Mm -hmm. And what would you say is the biggest takeaway from your story? I would say my biggest takeaway is that is is really kind of learning how to speak in into your situation and kind of know that like okay these are the bad things that are going on in my life what are the good things like you know like like my son like he's not very healthy he's in the hospital all the time but like he's always happy like he doesn't have like he doesn't have like long arms but he's gonna have a big reach like he's gonna encourage so many people he's gonna inspire so many people he's gonna he's inspired us so much in our lives and how we kind of look at things um and just kind of knowing that like hey like I'm going through this but it doesn't mean that like I'm a victim of it like I you know I, I can I can be like if I can be like victorious in my head then I can be victorious like with my actions and the way that I approach this like just because I'm having a bad day doesn't mean that like I can't go and encourage somebody else I have, I have a client who like literally like I'm like how do you get through your bad days man he's always happy all the time he's like the mayor of like Charlotte like I swear if you see him he's like He's like, he looks like the Monopoly guy. Like he's just giving out like money and like doing all kinds of stuff. Um, but I'm like, how do you, how do you like, how are you always happy all the time? And, and he's like, he's like, well, because like the days I'm not having good days. That's whenever I like try to help other people have like their best days. And so he's always happy because there's always somebody who's in need of something. And so he's just kind of looking. He's always, he's always looking for that opportunity just to make somebody happy and bless somebody. And there's so much reward in that. Um, I think when we can do that, you know, for us, we can always do that for ourselves too. It's kind of like, okay, what are the things that are going well in my life? Like, let me be grateful for that. You know, the things that aren't going well, let me, you know, what's the opposite of that? Like, how can I speak over that? You know, and, um, and just trying to find strength in your situation. I think it's kind of the biggest takeaway that, you know, we've had, luckily, you know, we've had a great church. Um, it really kind of helps us out and, you know, speaks words of encouragement over, over us. Um, 
or we can kind of rely on the word and kind of know, okay, like we can get through anything, we can get through this. Um, and just kind of looking back on that and kind of knowing that like, hey, just because this happens to us doesn't mean that we can't use this for our good and for other people. So I would say being able to speak over it and kind of know that, you know, you're bigger than it, that you're larger than it, and that, you know, you have everything you need so you can always, you can always influence your environment too. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Uh, we appreciate um, you joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. The Path to Tilt is hosted by Kevin Harris and Lauren Tashman, created and produced by Kevin Harris. The content is copyrighted by The Path to Stilled, all right preserved.